0: Hello, I'm Scott Soschnick. I'm
1: Evan Novi williams
0: And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, we begin with the latest chapter in that video. (laughs) Oh my, that's landed the New England Patriots in hot water. Why, this is just something I'm shocked. Is I'm it, shocked, I tell uh, you. A bar, was it on the front pages
2: of the papers in London and Paris? Uh, no. Is this what they're you talking know, about? No, it was in... not exactly.
0: <laughs> Tom Brady <laughs> <Piedis laughs> is not the number one topic. Uh... Either this or the Brexit vote and the uh, election. Uh, I, I don't think this. Give our listeners made it. your number one highlight of the trip. The number one highlight. I did an afternoon tea. <laughs> I did, and, and they had the finger sandwiches, the <laughs> cucumber sandwiches, and then they had the turkey sandwich, all these fingers, and then they they bring this huge thing out of, of all the sandwiches, and then they take that away, and then they bring in all the pastries. Oh, oh now, that,
2: now the, I understand why. Oh, it
0: was good. In case man. you're
2: interested, I believe, now years ago somebody told me this, I believe if you really get that craving, I think you can do like high tea or noon tea, whatever it's called, at the Plaza Hotel. Really? I think they have the whole sandwich tower, the whole shebang. I think you can do it at the Plaza. Come on, guys. we got to go do it. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady. Evan, it, it, I mean, you, you watched the video and you said, oh, this isn't that bad.
1: Yeah. So Fox Sports in their pregame on Sunday uh, before the game started revealed – some sort of footage of the uh, an employee for the Bengals speaking with a videographer for the Patriots, and the conversation's about, the best part of it about the, uh, the about what they were taping, and it includes a few minutes of, of taping, and and the, and the tape that they included uh, is clearly video of the the Cincinnati Bengals sideline. Uh, it's it's watching you know players running on and off the field on on substitutions, et cetera. Um, the big question, I, I guess, two questions: one. I have no idea how much. If you're an NFL coach, if you look at this footage, is there a lot to be gleaned from it? Is it is it highly scandalous, or you know, is, is there nothing to be to be taken from it? Um, and that's question number one. And I guess question number two, because we know that what the Patriots did is not allowed, and and we have the videographer on well, the video apologizing ca- clap, for they it.
2: They cut to the mistake.
1: Yeah. So. How often does this happen, right? Is this a, a one-off, or are they accidentally, quote unquote, breaking the rules every Sunday at, the, at their at their future opponents? My, my favorite part uh, of the, thing, like stadium. I said, was
2: the dialogue. How about the guys like I could do, I'll delete it. I'll delete it. The yeah, Patriots staffer yeah. says, yeah, and then like, the Bengal guy comes back, "Damage it. is done, my yeah. friend." <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, like this was the damage is done, my friend. You you, you no delete here.
1: You're- I would imagine we're gonna get some kind of ruling fined. from the NFL they're going to get fined soon, and that'll be right? that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Do we think it'll be worse or 2007 spygate when the when the Patriots were stealing signs from the Jets, you know, that was a first round pick. It was $250,000 fine yeah. to the team and 500,000 to Belichick. Do we think this ends up being higher than that or lower, worse or, or better for the team?
2: Uh I can't imagine. You know what you know what we're missing here? There's one thing we're missing here. Proof. There's no proof of proof anything. Proof of
1: what? That they did
2: anything intentionally. Sure, to, but we I have mean, proof well, that they were
1: breaking NFL rules.
2: Yeah, they they've copped yeah. to it, and yeah. you know the fact, and they distanced the organization by saying it was a, an independent contractor. Now, yes, that contractor should have also known the rules or needs to be briefed on the rules. That's not an excuse. Um, you just don't know how much the the history will affect whatever possible punishment. That Roger Goodell wants to hand down,
1: which you probably should, right? Just, I mean, you if, have to. Consider, if you, you have the yeah, history have that the Patriots have, I think you have to be ultra sensitive when yes. you're sending video crews to to stadiums that you're not playing in.
2: So you're asking if we're playing Card Sharks or whatever that game was. You're asking higher or lower on two hundred fifty. Oh, yeah, I'm essentially asking. Yeah, <laughs> a,
1: a, a draft pick and a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine
0: for the organization.
2: Yeah, I don't think draft pick. I don't think. You don't think it's
1: no,
0: bad. no. Let me play devil's advocate. Yeah, and I, this is on the picture right on ESPN. Uh, the Bills beating the Steelers, yeah. and Josh Allen is hugging his teammate. And as you know, quarterbacks have that the wrist mm. band yeah. that has all the plays. I mean, it's right there displayed. So, what's stopping a team from saying, "Hey, let's zoom in on that and and check that out compared to this?" What the uh, what the Patriots are supposed to have done? I mean,
1: ostensibly, there's nothing, and this uh, to me again mirrors the conversation we had about the Astros stealing signs uh, during playoff games. Is that there part of this has to be some? The onus is partially on, in my opinion, all teams to make sure that their calls, their you know, all that can't be stolen, right? And if you're putting your plays on your quarterback's wrist. That is a that's a way in which opponents can kind think fairly easily yeah, so start you, to learn a bit about your play. So if you're going to do that, I think you have to change it weekly, right? Or or, or do something about about the, that process. So that question, if you have Barb. a photo of the wrist, you can't tell what the play. This does. always drives me crazy.
2: In the NBA, you have coaches. They they're right there. Everybody's out in the front. They're saying, "Run three triple down," and they're yelling it out and they're telling them what play is coming. Yeah. Right. And in the NFL, you've got the coaches where they put the cards up over their mouths when they're speaking, and it's the biggest height of secrecy <laughs> They're telling you the play in the NBA. All the scouts are there. They're watching everything. And you just still have to execute the play. It's, if a, little, it's the play. a little different. Right? A little, but it's like, uh, come on, execute the play. That's uh, it. Okay. Execute the play. Up next. And then execute me. Okay. We, no, we would never do
0: that. Thank you. <laughs> up next, we have billionaire owner of the Dallas Mavericks. We all know who. Mark Cuban. Selling one of his sports tech investments to the owners of the L.A. Dodgers.
2: I'll tell you, Barr, if you hang around the NBA or if you're a big fan of the NBA, I can tell you over the last few years you've heard of Synergy Sports. Right. They're sort of the leader in the analytics front um, of the cameras and all, and all that. And you know, every, every arena has cameras and almost all the teams, if not all, use Synergy. And that goes down to the college level, the high school level. They're getting into other sports as well, including baseball. Uh, so he was the lead outside investor. And interestingly enough, that company is now being sold uh, with backing from the L.A. Dodgers. So you're, you're getting Todd Boley, Mark Walter, um, and, and their investment arms, uh, Elysian Ventures, Um are now an Atrium Sports, by the way, also backed by the Dodgers' owners. So the Dodgers see a future in this analytical approach, just taking it more broadly than just basketball.
1: Yeah, the synergy is, you know, they they have cameras mounted in the top of of arenas. They're doing other sports as well, but you're right, basketball is the main thing. Um, And then, you know, using those cameras, they essentially create a map of where every player is at all times, helps teams with, you know, things like, scouting right player tendencies become very obvious if you have a very detailed uh, camera map of, of everything they do when they're on the court uh, also helps you with setting your own lineups you know making your own team more efficient etc a, a good example of how this was used i, I believe you know, a number of years ago, Duke started using this technology, and when they played Butler in the final, when Gordon Hayward had that game-winning shot, the half-court here. Yeah, Duke knew that he liked to move left before shooting, like eighty percent of the time. Yeah. And the, the the one message they had was if this make goes to Gordon Hayward's, go right. make him go right. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, they made him go right, and, and he ended up missing interestingly
2: the shot. enough. Though recently, I don't remember where it was, or else I would give the credit. Mark Cuban was asked what's the most overrated technology in sports, hmm. and he said analytics. So it's not That's a surprise that he sold this. But he then he said, "Right, what's next, the next frontier where everybody needs to be is artificial intelligence and machine learning. So see, it's not surprising to me that he would now unload Synergy Sports at a time when he says analytics is the most overrated.
0: But see, I, I, of course, Mark Cuban is way smarter than I am. But they clobbered Dallas Cowboys coach Jason Garrett when he said, well, we really don't use analytics, but everybody else in the league does. Right. Well, to not use it, at, at this stage, to
1: not use anyone's
2: it a foolish. denier of analytics. <laughs> you have to, I mean, I'll, I'll even, even at my age, I'll say, okay, boomer. Right,
1: right. I'll, I'll throw
2: that I'll throw that out there at this point if, if you're denying analytics. No, even the analytics folks, this is I, what the part I could never really grasp. Even the Darren Morries of the world have never said, this is the sole tool you should, you should be utilizing when looking at your franchise, your players, your scouting. It's a piece of the puzzle. It doesn't replace the longtime scout eyeballs on the prize. It doesn't replace that stuff. It's a piece of the puzzle that can help. Why wouldn't you utilize that?
0: Finally, a story out of China. And my oh my, it is very similar to what happened with the NBA earlier (laughs) this year. China's state broadcaster CCTV scrapped plans to air an English Premier League match Sunday after one of the players spoke out on Twitter against the country's treatment of Muslims.
1: Yeah, it feels kind of like deja vu here, right? The Someone speaks out, in this case, Mesut Ozil, who's a, a player for Arsenal. Uh, he's a, a Turkish Muslim, speaks out against the Chinese treatment of Uyghurs, right. uh, and suddenly the backlash is, is quick, right? CCTV, which also... Uh, canceled NBA games, said they weren't going to air Arsenal's game this weekend. Same thing for the streaming companies, PPTV and Migu Sports also said they wouldn't air the game. Chinese fans, a lot of them, very upset. I I saw videos of of Ozel jerseys being burned. Um, And again, you know, the the NBA is tremendously popular in China. The English Premier League is the second most popular league in China outside of the NBA. Right, so these are two of the two probably most popular leagues uh, for, for folks in China, sports fans in China, and and the you know the Chinese government is is at odds now with both of them.
2: It's and you said you you wonder how the team takes this because much of the valuation of these companies comes from the future plans of China. Uh, And that's true of the U.S. sports leagues as well. Um, Do they know that this was coming? Does a player say, well, it doesn't matter. I can say what I want to say. But clearly there is a material impact on the bottom line of franchises based on what their biggest stars can say in social media. And
1: we saw Arsenal's response was very much what... Houston yeah. Rockets' response was, it was making it very clear That's that this, this is one man's personal opinion and that the team wants to remain, I think exactly what they said is, uh, we will remain, as always, apolitical, right? They, they don't want to wade into, they don't want to have to take sides, which, which is you essentially What say, by the way, owned exactly by Stan Kroenke. Yeah, so, yes, yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, and, and just another thing, just to put in perspective, Mesut Ozil is a, is a very really famous good player. football right. player. He's a yeah. very good football player. His... Uh, Instagram and Twitter followers, huge, right? He's a hundred times bigger following than Daryl Morey does, right? So this Sorry, this no. is a much a much bigger reach uh, from a single tweet or a single Instagram post than anything that you know an NBA executive would be able to accomplish.
0: This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soschnick and Evan Novi williams I'm so glad to see you all again. Good to
2: have you, Sandwich Man. We're here each <laughs> and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of money and
1: sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with the biggest and brightest in the sports business world.
0: You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online, wherever you get your podcasts.